This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top tier lineup. With Leap Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast discussing Ipswich Town up or down since 2015. I'm Richard Wooden and I'm delighted to welcome back for an interview special back to the pod, ITFC Women First Team Manager, Joe Sheehan. Joe, how are you? I'm doing really well, thank you. Um, yeah, enjoyed uh, enjoyed some time off and um, yeah, looking forward to getting back now and uh, starting the season. Yeah, it's plenty of... Is this an exciting time of year for you or is it kind of kind of headaches because you've got to figure out, you know, contracts, you've got to figure out pre-season training, which I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about in a bit of whether you enjoy pre-season training as much as the players or not, but plenty of stuff going on behind the scenes, kits and stuff like that, you know, does that kind of stuff excite you and do you enjoy it or do you just want to get playing football? Yeah, I think it's always nice to have a bit of a switch off um, and then, yeah, you know, as, as you kind of get closer to a return, it gets quite busy and as you say there's there's a lot that goes on in terms of kit training kit match day kit and having all the numbers numbers and letters for match day shirts um piecing the squad together um staffing structure further investment facilities pitches um friendly fixtures uh, academy intake induction evenings um, and they're all things that, that need to be organised and put in place. And, and yeah, it does get quite busy fairly quick, but it's a, it's a time of the year I, um, I certainly look forward to. Good stuff. Well, let me take you back a little bit. Um, you said kind of the dust has settled a little bit on the last campaign. And I guess probably a kind of a season of two halves, really. Um, what was your reflections, particularly on the second half? We obviously spoke around Christmas time and things were looking were looking good. And then plenty of... Yeah, plenty of excitement in terms of cup runs and that kind of stuff, but obviously just missing out in terms of playoffs at the end of the season. What's your reflection? Yeah, I think you can look at it in various ways, really. And, you know, we kind of said throughout parts of the season that we weren't necessarily satisfied with um, performances at times, but obviously had a really, really good start. And quite strange that I thought the better we got... um, 
as a team in, in terms of possession, if you like. I think we actually found it more difficult to create and score goals. And I think a lot of our game at the start of the season was really transitional. There was lots of turnovers. Um, and because of that, you know, with the pace that we've got, we were able to, <coughs> excuse me, are able to kind of have like really fast breaks and and, and, and score and punish teams. And, and when we became a better team in possession and less sloppy, we often found ourselves in finding it quite difficult to break teams down. So that was, that was probably initial reflection. Um, I also think that you know, it's easy to look back at games where maybe we drew and should have won and, and really dissect them. But but ultimately, you know, when we go into the game against Southampton where we're leading at half time, you know, we're forty five minutes away from a huge win and, and potentially four games from a playoff game. So I think that's where you have to kind of put it into a bit of perspective as well, because you know, I know it's a ninety minute game, but for say for forty five we were brilliant and it didn't look like Southampton were gonna get anywhere near us. Um and a mad nine minutes and we're behind and suddenly our, our season was falling away from us. So, yeah, that's how I kind of reviewed a season. Um, I went and watched the playoff game and, yeah, hated every minute of it. Um, I almost felt like I was uh, a child younger that had been playing up throughout the week and had been invited to a birthday party and was told to sit there and watch all the other kids play on the bouncy <laughs> castle why I had to just watch kind of what it felt like you know I wanted to be part of that game and we wanted to celebrate and, and achieve something that they did um, and, and watching all of that was was, was really difficult but um, yeah I think it's kind of humbled me a little bit you know we've always had huge belief and confidence and we've always set our bar really high and you know we felt we were going to be the best team in the division and obviously we finished as a third best team so yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a reality check for us. Um, and now maybe a different approach going into next year, knowing that you know we are currently the third best team in the division and we've got a lot of work to do. Did you find it a struggle? I mean, we, we spoke about this during the season as well, how teams set up to stop you. You know, that became a strategy. Is that something that when you reflect on your own um, management style and your strategy and your tactics, something that you've learned from this season that you can use for next season? Yeah, possibly. I think that when you win 11 in a row and you, you develop a reputation for being a, a really strong team that wins games, um, you then have to accept that when you don't win, you know, opposition are going to do everything they can to stop you winning and obviously celebrate stopping you winning. So it's really difficult to work out how to kind of overcome that. And as I say, I think you're right, really, that, you know, teams try to stop you winning rather than try to win um, and add to the fact that we became a better team in possession of the ball. I think we had a lot more structure to our play. We had a lot more control. Um, you know, you're then trying to break down 10 players plus a goalkeeper and, and and sometimes that can be really difficult. You know, even you watch Champions League games of Man City and Atletico Madrid, you know, you know, at the top level, it, it's difficult to sometimes find space and, and break teams down. Now, obviously, you know, the teams we play against aren't as organised and defensively as equipped as someone like Atletico Madrid. Um, but equally, we're not as good as Man City, so it's, it's very relative. And, and yeah, we just, we have to find a way to um, maybe be a bit more mature in our play. I think we'll, we'll 
certainly learned from the experience of last year. And I think we, we probably were guilty as a whole of uh, being a bit naive and, and maybe um, impatient at times. Um, and, and any kind of disruption or distraction to our game was really bothering us and whether that be an opposition player, staff or officials. Um, I think that the moment we gave our opposition a sign that maybe we were frustrated or impatient, um, it kind of built on that and, and that also then made it difficult for us and, and we can think back of games where that occurred as well. So we'll certainly have to learn from them. We'll certainly have to be more collectively mature and patient and, and stronger to deal with those moments um, because it, it might help us with that one or two chances that we might get to score. And is that an, an experience thing? I mean, this is still a really young team. We often forget this. You know, they might have been collectively together for a few years now, but is that experience or is that something maybe that you can lean on the resources of the football club, the men's football club and get psychology and you know sports psychologists and that kind of stuff in? Is that something that you've thought about? Yeah, we, we have Jack who does a lot of our performance psych and he's, he's been brilliant. He's been with us two or three years now and um, I think it's an experience thing. Um, I think, yeah, kind of reflecting on it and, and, and understanding how to deal with those moments. And as I say, maybe naively, you know, we're such a young group that kind of feel like that we're quite honest. You know, we feel like, you know, two teams should play against each other and, and the best team should win. Um and that's what academy football has been like for us. You know, we pet ourselves against other academies and you, know, you play your way, they, they they match that usually. And, and the best team at it can come out on top where we have to appreciate now at senior level. And again, especially when you do develop a reputation for being a strong team that our know, position aren't going to make it easy for you. And and they're doing everything, <laughs> going to do everything in their uh, armory to, to stop you and, We'll certainly have to look back on those moments to work out kind of what the key aspects of our game and their game that, that we can take away and, and certainly prepare for differently to to ensure that we can yeah overcome those challenges. And finally, um, before we start to look forward, the, the FA Cup run um, obviously increased the stature and the attention of of the club, you know, massively. Do you look back on that as a positive experience overall? Obviously, the, the learning from it's going to be great, but you were obviously attacking on two fronts there for a while. May have that been a factor towards the latter end of the season in terms of those two things to focus on? Maybe, and people have said to me that, um, you know, when we have, have, have had quite extended cup runs, our, our league form has dipped a little bit. Um and yeah, people said to me this year about, you know, is that the progress potentially distracted uh, in a negative way to the league? And I don't I don't think so. I think sometimes, you know, when you can have something like that, it can relieve the pressures and the, the thought processes of the league week in, week out. Um, and ultimately, we just want to try and progress in all the competitions and perform and win as many games as possible. So... Yeah, the, the cup experience was a great one. I certainly think where we're at as a, as a club that we're trying to engage with more fans and we're trying to build our profile and the commercial aspects of that as well. You know, it, it certainly was a huge, huge period for us because, as I say, we managed to sell out a game and play on TV in a quarterfinal of a major competition. So, yeah, that, that experience was a great one for us. 
um, and kind of yeah put us put us in national news as well, which which was quite great, quite good. Yeah. And and you know that attention is also good when it comes to attracting players as well, maybe as well. And you know we spoke to a couple of members of the ninety one ninety two Ipswich men's team, and you know, they had the cup run that culminated in a, I think it was a quarter final or a fifth round draw, draw at Liverpool and off to Anfield. Their form steadied actually over that period, and you know that game gave them the confidence. So yeah, I, I thought I'd throw it in there. Obviously, as a, as a spectator, as a supporter, not only was I caught on the cameras which was nice for my ego but um it's th- those are the kind of things that memories are created off the back of as well isn't it so that's what we want as supporters as well as giving the team some experiences too yeah absolutely and as you said there you know hopefully there'll be many children there and and supporters that would have been inspired by that and you know we'll, we'll whatever route they go down in sport or life you know they'll look back on that and hopefully that game would have played some sort of part in inspiring them and motivating them to be part of something that um that, that we've been able to do so yeah all, all in all it was a really really positive experience so looking ahead then i mean we're, we're as ipswich town football club we're, we're a year into the, the game changer era of their ownership how, how much has it changed in terms of resources available to you the attention for the women's team and and maybe some pressure to succeed perhaps yeah, I think we're probably not in a position yet to really reap the benefits of the new ownership. I think that, you know, when the club was taken over and new people brought in, I think the project at the club as a whole was just so big. Um, from obviously facilities to the stadium, to the training ground, to the, the first team, the academy, the women, the community. Um, you know, the, the, the job, I think, was was so big. Um and over, over the past year, I think that the people that are now involved have been tackling those things um, at a time. And, and yeah, I think we, we I think when new ownership came in, we were quite a, a steady period of where we were at. You know, we wasn't as if we were desperate for things. Um, you know, we were quite well, well run, well resourced, fairly self-sustainable. So I don't think we were part of I call it like an immediate rebuild because it, it wasn't really needed for us we were, we were in a good place um, and yeah I think that the club is is over time slowly but surely making real progress everywhere across all departments and we know the work that's been going on with the community trust has been huge and how that's increased massively and and has changed now to the foundation so yeah I think we're in a position where um progressive investment um, and, and trying to really work out uh, kind of the direction that we're going in. Obviously, we've had a lot of people leave as well, people that played a real key part in kind of overseeing us, like Leo Neal notably. So it's now working out how does that transfer across and, and, and Gary Probert has been someone that's kind of been spearheading our, our department of, of late. So yeah, you know, the, the club have, have been great and you know, it's important that we continue to build on what we're doing, but equally we appreciate where we're at and we know that the top two divisions is kind of where the, the grant and the resource and the money is. Um, and it's so difficult to get there. So I think we have to be very careful on how quickly we try and um, progress financially with investment because you know, we have to make sure our infrastructure and um you know, the people that we've got 
that are kind of leading it off, on and off the pitches in place um, to help us keep making the progress that we will hope to make over the next five, ten years. Yeah, and I have to ask this because some folk watching might not have heard us chat about this before. Obviously, the the pitch renovation at Portman Road is is seen as a kind of a driving factor behind getting the women's team playing at Portman Road. That's obviously been deferred to next summer. Has there been any more conversations about possible games, maybe one-off games at, at Portman Road? There haven't. And again, I think it'll probably be the same as last year that until there has been renovation. Um, you know, I'm not sure the pitch is in a position where it can that can handle games on top of the men's first team. And, and whilst you could say oh, I'd only be one, but then you're playing an under-18 youth team, FA Youth Cup game, that's another one. And then an under-23s game, that's another one. And before you know it, you've said yes to a few people and there's you no know, better off. So for the time being, we're quite happy at Felixstowe. You know, we'll, we'll try and help if we can to support with kind of pitches and um, helping with that. Um, and yeah, you know, if we if we get to the, the top two divisions um, and there is a new pitch in place at Portman Road and there's an appetite for it, then, then there might be selective games there, possibly. Fingers crossed. Uh, and one more bit before we start talking about um, plans for the new season. Um well, two more bits, actually. I, I, I just thought of this as well. Have you had much contact with Kieran McKenna? I know that he, he's come to training and stuff like that, and Martin Per. I, I wonder whether you guys kind of have a, a therapy group where you bemoan the the dark arts of the opposition teams that you're facing and maybe the, the lack of quality of the officials to sort it out. Is, is that a, have conversations happened? Or generally, are you liaising with Kieran McKenna much? Yeah, I, I speak to Kieran um, maybe two, three times a week. Um, okay. I'm lucky I get to, to kind of spend a couple of days a week um, with him and, and watching him work and his staff. And, and yeah, he's absolutely incredible. Um, the, the best I, I've seen, I think genuinely world-class in his ability to coach and deliver and, and manage the team. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very fortunate I'm able to kind of, yeah, spend time and, and we have good conversations and obviously sometimes talk about what we're doing and... Um, and obviously pick his brain where possible amongst his busy schedule. So, yeah, very accessible for me. Um, and, and that's that's going to be huge for me, I think, in, in the near future to be able to um, keep keep learning and keep watching him because, uh, yeah, he is, uh, is as good as he gets. Obviously a disappointment. We've talked before about how, you know, the, the, prom- the promotion situation in the third tier is a bit of a bottleneck. What's your thoughts on it? And do you have a huge amount of hope for supposedly the, the more wide-ranging reform that's supposed to happen next year? Yeah, I was hopeful that that, that might change. Um, I think I might, might maybe have to be in a position where we just kind of get on with it. I think we, we will have to then fancy our chances, hopefully, to you know, win our division and, and win that playoff. And the moment we start complaining again, you know, maybe we're doubting whether we can win a game like that. So... We'll have to just get on with it. Um, I am hopeful and confident of what a reform will look like and potentially expansion of the leagues, maybe, which will, yeah, mean that you know we can eventually flourish um, in a not too distant future. So yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, and you, you guys won't be aiming for anything other than first place anyway. So even if it had changed, it's not like you suddenly aim for second instead. You know, it's you've got to be aiming for that that top promotion spot. So. Let's look ahead. Um, let's start with some departures. Obviously, some big news that has just come up through the other day, which probably caught a few people off guard. 
um, the departure of Page Peak. Can you talk us through that one from your perspective? Yeah, it's um, it's a player that's um, she's been with us. Would have been going into her fifth year, and someone that I'd had two or three years previous. So someone I've known quite a long time, and and yeah, very ambitious, very driven, very clear on her pathway and her journey and where she wants to get to. And and she felt it was it was an appropriate time for her to pursue something different. Um, and she was very keen to join Southampton. So yeah, it's um, kind of opened the communication for her on that. And um, yeah, she had conversations, and, and they were keen. And and yeah, she moves there. Um, but you know, it's um, it now gives an opportunity for someone else. You know, we, we we pride ourselves on developing our younger players, and and now we've got to try and find the next one. So yeah, it makes it another exciting challenge for us to um, yeah try and develop the, the next batch of players, and, and notably a centre half that can come in and, and contribute over the next two, three, four years as well. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Yeah, and as you say, it's kind of... It's it's a bit of a, a kind of a weird one because obviously, as you say, you're we know having spoken to you from the past that development is really important. As you you know you see Ipswich Town as being a development kind of pathway in the region for women's footballers, and, and inevitably, if you do such a good job of that, and obviously Paige is a driven professional as well, wants to succeed, then that's kind of part of the path of the course, isn't it? That that's going to happen. Yeah, I think you know that. The, the... The club, you know, will see it as a success because we're able to um, receive a transfer fee for a player that that can move on. And um, 
upper upper division in, into another team that's uh, playing higher. So, yeah, there there will be an element of, of success that you could look at. I think we're, we're lucky that you know we got a group of players that have been together a long time and are very very driven to try and achieve something with us. Yep. We accept that we're going to generate interest in players and, and Paige wasn't the first um, to have a club that were open to taking a, you know, we've had it in the past with, with Sophie Peskett and we've had it this year with Abby Lafayette as well. So we do have players that um, develop good reputations and, and, and generate interest, but, but we, we're very very lucky that there's such a commitment there and they want to achieve something together. That, that is very, very key. And that's something that's been really strong for quite some time. So yeah, I think what we will have to accept that there might be times when players think that it might be time for them to explore something new. Um, but for the time being, we're very confident the group is such tight knit. Um, they are determined and they want to create something that, is so unique because I think that for a team that, you know, some of these players play together since they're eight, nine years of age, you know, to do that over that period of time and get to one of the top two divisions um, with our homegrown players would be a story that you could write a book on. And, and they are very, very determined to kind of achieve that. Um so yeah, I think it, it, it's still you know, still got a very very positive group, um, a determined group, and one that will stick together and, and keep trying to progress with the football club. Yeah, sounds yeah sounds good. And you know, there's a few other faces that have, have left the group as well earlier in in the summer. Issy Bryant off to the states, um, and Lindsay Cooper, I guess, in a different part of her career, leaving as well. Do you want to talk about those two? Obviously, Issy maybe didn't we didn't see a great deal of her obviously uh, well known for that penalty shootout contribution in the um in against Southampton wasn't it uh, talk to us about those two yeah I think sometimes we come across players that we take into our academy and, and we kind of feel that you know whilst we want to progress and transition everybody into our seniors we, we do get players that are an absolute adamant on continuing their education in America um, Maria Boswell was one interestingly that was always wanted to go to America and actually didn't um, we always felt that Izzy it might be something that Izzy will want to do and Charlotte Kellett's done it previously sort of three four years ago so we always knew that you know the opportunity to uh, change environment different country new life experiences and the education aspect we always knew that to some it really appeals and, and kind of had an idea it would appeal to Izzy and it was something she was really keen to do and and yeah, it was Molly Sutherland last year who went to uh, Texas and, and, and Izzy will go to, to, I think, North Carolina this year. So yeah, you know, it was someone who had good, good progress with us in our academy for two years. Didn't quite cement a place down in the senior team uh, that some of our younger ones have had. But, you know, everybody's journeys and timelines can be very different for, for many reasons. Um, so yeah, she goes with our well wishes and and Lindsay's been an incredible servant. Um, and I think I said this when she departed that, you know, Lindsay's such a shame that the way the game's going is almost like the likes of Lindsay have just kind of missed the boat a little bit in terms of 
you know, had she been born six, seven years later, you know, she's someone who would probably be playing in a league above potentially. So I think if you look at you know, where the club has been and is now at, you know, with all due respect, the resource, facilities, the staff, that, that someone that Lindsay would have spent her prime years um, developing was, was, was nowhere near what it is now. And if she's managed to rack up the games and perform to the level that she has with minimal resource, with one or two training nights, of, you know, not that many staff and staff doing it voluntary or without goodwill, it would have been really exciting to see where she could have got to um, and she had the opportunities earlier. So, yeah, nothing but respect for Lindsay. Um, was, was determined to really make it work. And, and I think, you know, when we got promoted into Tier 3 and, you know, the, the distance of travelling increases and, you know, a mum and with children and a family and a husband and, and a job, it makes it very, very difficult to commit to the training um, and the games and especially when you're not you're not playing every week as well, you know. So yeah, someone who found it really difficult, but, but but stuck with us right to the very end. Yeah, you need you need those kind of individuals and characters in in a particularly a, a young squad as well. So um, yeah, all the all the very best to her. Let's let's turn things around to, to more positive news. And you know, the, the great thing last season was the ability to offer pro terms to to some of the squad is the plan to do a bit more of that we've obviously here on blue monday and some of our subscribers keep a keen eye on lucy o'brien's progress in particular is there anything you can talk to us about on that yeah so we we've, we've kind of proposed what the next batch will look like um it's something we're keen to keep building on you know our, our younger players and, and trying to contract as many as possible um and, and Lucy is someone, yeah, you know, who's got a huge future. Um, he's got fantastic potential. And then, yeah, another asset to our club and, and one that we want to try and reward and, and keep developing. Um, because, yeah, she's, she's going to be huge for us going forward. And I think, I think she's going to have a really, really exciting season for us, I think. And Summer, obviously, is also in a similar kind of point in her career to Lucy as well. What a season she had, particularly the second half of the season. Similar thoughts on her? Exactly the same, yeah. You know, there's had national recognition um, recently. And, and yeah, she's someone who's got a really bright future. And there's, I think her rate of development has just accelerated so quick. Um, you know, someone that's not had an elite pathway as such, but has, has, has really made strides since she's been with our academy and it's developing physically, confidence and, you know, all other aspects of kind of those bits that are going to be really important because we know that you know, physically she moves so well, she's so strong, she's really quick, she can run all day. Technically, she's a really, really tidy player. Um, and if she continues to gain more experience and mature and, and play more senior games, um, you'll only see Summer getting a lot, lot better as well. So it's going to be a really, really exciting year for her. We talked about, you know, there's a couple of gaps there and opportunities for for, for younger players maybe to stake a claim. Are, are you happy with the balance of the squad? Obviously, um, we've still got time. The season starts mid-August. Are you looking to make signings and that kind of stuff? We, we've we've met with one or two um we, we kind of had a, an area of the pitch that we wanted to try and um, to recruit, um, and we've not we've not been able to do that. Um, we thought we were close 
really close on one. Um, but yeah, I think we're always in a position where we kind of identify is there an area that we think we need, um, what, what's available to us. Um, it's really difficult, I think, where we're at at the moment um, with, with what we pay and, and, and our location. I think it makes it really difficult for someone to, um, to kind of, you know, pick up and move out to us. You know, we're very, very passionate about committing to players in our region. Um, but our region at this moment in time from, from senior players isn't, isn't really blessed with a lot that we can kind of cherry pick from. You know, if you're based in and around Essex, Greater London, and, and you've got the amount of players that will, will fall out from the Super League and a championship and, and drop down, we, we're not really part of that kind of mould. Um, we were able to get Livia Smith out of that area because I knew her previously. Um, Bonnie's fairly local. Sarah Quantrill's fairly local. Um, but it's never easy. It's never easy kind of getting enticing players out. As much as I think what we do know is that the players that we have spoken to really appreciate the environment that we have and they really see it as a place that they can really develop and really see that. But from a financial aspect, um, it, it, it's something that we just, we're not in a position where we can um, to do something like that at the moment. So, yeah, we, we also, like I, I go back to earlier, we're not desperate for players. You know, we, we put full faith in our younger ones coming through as well. And, and even the likes of Eloise and Kyra and Blue that kind of come out of the academy, we still regard them as young players. You know, they're now developing to really mature, experienced senior players, having racked up 40, 50, 60 games at senior level. So, They'll be a year older, year wiser, year more experienced, year more mature. It just allows us to potentially bring another one through um, because of where they're at. So, yeah, we're in a good place. Um, we'd like to have brought in maybe one, but it's it's no huge concern. And you mentioned Blue. I mean, I'm, I'm Sophie as well. Neither player was able to feature a huge amount last season because of injury. How are they doing? And Because uh, kind of like two new signings anyway, isn't it? Those two. Yeah, I'm so excited to um, to have them back and um, speak to Blue and Sophie quite regularly. And um, yeah, very very reluctant to tell, talk about timeframes. Uh, not not just them, but also that the medical people that are working with them. Um, so yeah, we um, we kind of have an idea, but we're not we're not placing any specific dates. But they'll they'll be back in with us, you know, back in with us pre-season, and they'll, they'll take part in quite a bit. Um, but obviously, there's a lot they still can't. But having them back, hopefully, for a significant amount of our season would, would be would be absolutely huge for us, a huge boost to the team. Um, and yeah, they were, they were certainly missed. Yeah, and you and you get different things. Obviously, Blue, the captain, leadership. Sophie's going to give you that direct running, but it was also going to create chances as well. So yeah, big, big areas of the pitch where in, they can make an influence, isn't it? It is, yeah, and you know, I spoke a lot about Sophie. Um, her, her stats at the start were just ridiculous. I think even at Christmas, she was still our highest number of assists and created the most chances. And even at the end of the season, I think she was still in the top five for chances created and she'd only played six games. So we, we know from an attacking perspective that, that she's just a huge player. Um, and we probably didn't speak about Blue enough, actually, and because she's 
kind of plays in the middle of the park and breaks up play and kind of does the basics really, really well. But I think we probably also underestimated her leadership in and around the group, out on the pitch, at training. Because while she comes in and she's in the gym and she's seeing a physio and whatnot, you won't really feel her presence with the group as much um, because she's got such high standards. She communicates so well with everybody. It's great rapport with all the players and staff um, and has got a really, really strong drive and consistency in, in our application and in our attitude that really rubs off on everybody. So having that back will be absolutely huge for us as well. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the pre-season programme because it looks really competitive, a good balance of teams. And we've got the double header at AFC Wimbledon with the men's friendly as well. Um, talk to us about that. Must be excited. You know, Wolves, I've kind of picked out here. That's, I mean, is that a dry run for ne- for next May, Joe? I thought it was last year, so I'm not going to say anything on that this year. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, we hadn't actually penciled in Wolves. They weren't originally part of our schedule. We were unsure when a league was going to start. We thought it might be that weekend. Um, but yeah, we're, we're relatively pleased. Um, and you want to kind of get a nice balance. But again, there's not a lot out this way, so we have to travel a little bit. Um, we'd also had Bristol City in the schedule. Um, and they'd, they'd pulled out on us, which was quite disappointing because we planned to go away to their high-performance centre. It was potentially exploring um, a mini-camp en route. Um, we've used Bishop Abbey previously. So, yeah, that, that wasn't able. They, they pulled out us. They pulled out on us. Um, so we're potentially looking at trying to fill that. But we're quite happy with four games. Um, we obviously, obviously have our academy as well. We can utilise with a behind closed doors game. So we're not desperate for a fifth game. I think it's got to be the right game. Um, we, we do have some potential options. Um, but yeah, we, we have to pick the right game for that. Um, but yeah, it looks like it's going to be you know, a really good pre-season for us. And say the, the Wimbledon game is a, a great, great opportunity for us to go and follow the men and, and, and get our first game under our belt. And potentially a really chunky away following as well. A, a, a large number of people who may have not travelled down to Felix though before as well. So a good opportunity to get people excited before the new season. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, it'll be our first game. So we're not sure how rusty will be, but um, yeah, it got a great opportunity, hopefully, for some support to stick, stick around and, and hopefully be impressed by what they're seeing and um, will, will potentially inspire them to come come and watch us at... Um, and he said the gold star then, but I think it's changed, isn't it? Has it changed, is it? Okay. We'll have to um, let that one up. Delwood Avenue. There you go. Felix Delwood. And also worth mentioning, and this is something I've, I've spoken to a couple of people about as well, who um, who are travelling down for the men's game against Bolton on the Saturday. Charlton friendly the day after on the Sunday. And Charlton are championship, if I'm um, yeah, correct, yeah. aren't I? Yeah. So a real big opportunity potentially to get a lot of excitement around the new season and obviously a really competitive opponent as well. Yeah, we've actually never played a championship club since I've been around anyway. We've either played Tier 4 or now Tier 3 or Super League. Um, So yeah, it gives us a good chance to kind of see what that level looks like and I think Cholton will be a really fair reflection of it. A team that have got huge ambitions of their own. Um, have kind of been close to making the sort of top four or five. Um, so, yeah, it'll give us a really good indication, I think, of, of where we're at. Um, 
and maybe what that next step looks like. And finally, um, let's talk about support, the Blue Army. Um, details about True Blue, that's kind of changing a little bit this season. And I think we'll liaise with, with Kieran and get details sent and we'll obviously retweet from, from Blue Monday's accounts. But the numbers were really solid among the highest attended club in the third tier, I think, and obviously selling out um, against West Ham as well. How important is that support being? Yeah, the support's massive and, you know, when we speak about, like we did earlier, about what we do and who we commit to from a players-wise, I can't help but think how it wouldn't infuse our community, really, because it's something that's so unique about what we're trying to do. So to have people that can get behind us on that, it's going to be really important. As you say, it's great to have, you know, numbers and, and, and feel like we're flat flying the flag for, for our kind of league with supporter numbers, but we know we know it's so important. We know our supporter numbers, True Blue members, um, our commercial partners, and all of our sponsors are so so important. And even the, the meetings that you know I've been having at the club around investment and, and budgets and whatnot, you know the impact of our True Blue members and the people that come and watch us on a Sunday and our commercial partners. A huge difference, make an absolute huge difference to things that that we want to try and implement and improve. So we will we will be able to do things this year that we couldn't do last year because of True Blue members, because of the tickets we sold for the West Ham game, because of new commercial partners and player sponsors. Um, so it's literally what what we're getting in. We're able to spend on the group and helping our infrastructure improve for us to keep making progress. So can't underestimate how important the supporters, the community and our sponsors are because they're helping us make that, that progression year in, year out. Great stuff. And uh, as I've talked about before, particularly for, for me, um, a point of massive pride to not only be a true blue and watch the team firsthand, but Blue Monday and our, and our group of our subscribers will be, will be continuing our support through sponsorship couple of players I think continuing the Lucy and Laffey I thought should be confirmed at some point we're really excited about that and um, really glad that it makes a difference to you guys and hopefully for the players as well yeah no no, and we know the players appreciate because when we speak about we speak a lot about you know what what things could look like if we had success and if we were able to play in the league above but we know we have to earn that And, and to earn that we we do need support. We need, you know, we need resource, and and yeah, we really feel the impact of of our partners, of our supporters, of our community because um, we we know it, it plays such a huge part in helping us trying to get to what we think will be a life changing division for us. You know, with the investment in the, in the championship now and Barclays sponsoring the league and the money that's going into the professional game. Um. Now we want a taste of that. We want to bite of that cake um, because it, it means that we can do even more, um, and that that will be that's really exciting as well. And obviously, we're in the midst of a, a European Championships as as well. So hopefully, lots of people getting inspired to get involved and plenty to be excited about. Joe, thank you as always for being so open and honest with us. Thank you um, for chatting and taking us through the plans for the new season. We wish you and the team all the very best. Hopefully, get to chat to you and unfortunately the sponsorship players will have to chat to me no doubt at some point during the season as well but wish you all the best and, and thanks for being on the pod no appreciate it and uh, yeah thanks thanks for all you do and having us on and uh, 
hopefully we'll have a really good season. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.